0: Welcome, you're listening to Strength for the Hour, the radio outreach of Fruit of the Vine Ministries in Louisville, Ohio. We're passionate about strengthening you with deep truths from the Word of God and bringing hope to the world through Jesus Christ. Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. So may you experience new life from this message today by John Davison.
1: Well, shalom and God bless you. Welcome to Fruit of the Vine Ministries. My name is John Davison. We're in our book of Ephesians study, and we gave you a little bit of a backdrop in the last teaching as to Ephesus and some of the things that were taking place in Ephesus, the city of Ephesus. Uh, and and I told you in in that in that last broadcast that we were going to discuss the background of the story of the church in Ephesus. So in order to do that, we have to first go into the books of uh, of Acts, and we have to look at Acts chapter 19, where we see the introduction. This is Paul's, the Apostle Paul's third journey, his third missionary journey, and on his third missionary journey, he goes to the city of Ephesus. Now, he had just left uh, the Corinthian-type churches, the Galatia churches, all of these others. This was his third journey, and so he's already kind of coming into uh, Ephesus experiencing amazing things in his own personal life. In other words, he's walked with God and seen God establish amazing churches in all of these different areas. People are coming, the churches is, is being built up and edified. He's He's rebuking, he's training, he's correcting, he's disciplining them in the ways of walking like a Christian is called to walk, in the ability to walk in a supernatural lifestyle. He talks about babes in Christ, and then he talks about being mature. He talks about being uh, born again. He talks about being a brand new creation. He talks about like when I was a child, I spoke like a child. But when I became a man, I put off childish things. In other words, he's talking about coming to maturity. And in this last journey, in this third journey, he's going to Ephesus into one of the most demonic cities in the world of that time. Like I said in the last broadcast, it was one of the seven wonders of the world where the temple of Artemis actually stood. So we meet Paul in the book of Acts chapter 19. And I was going to discuss the seven sons of Sceva, which is what I, I talked about last time. But, you know, this week, uh, I spent some time alone with the Lord early in the morning, and the Holy Spirit said to me very clearly, he said, John, I, I can't let you go into the sons of Sceva yet. And I said, Lord, I don't understand. He's, I want you to go back to Acts 19. I want you to read the very beginning of it. And look, he goes, because you didn't discuss the Apostle Paul. In other words, we talked about in the previous broadcast, we talked about Ephesus, we talked about some of the backgrounds of Ephesus and the city of Ephesus to give you a backdrop and a context of Ephesus. But really we didn't give you a backdrop to to the Apostle Paul and where the Apostle Paul's coming from at this point in time in his life and, and in his ministry and just really what he was thinking. And so he kind of comes into Ephesus. He's already got a lot of preconceived notions going on in his head. He's already, he's already mature in his faith before he goes and he runs out and he, and he goes into Ephesus and he has a a really good understanding as Corinthians tells us. He, he writes to the Corinthian church in chapters 12, uh, 13 and 14 of 1st Corinthians and he talks about the gifts of the Spirit. He understands the supernatural abilities that believers have. He's, he deals with speaking and praying in tongues. He, he, he deals with healings and miracles. He, he deals with apostles and pastors and teachers. and pre- He deals with all of these things f- to, to, for the Corinthian church. And he also talks about the fruit of the Holy Spirit in the Galatian church, in Galatians chapter 5, 22, 23, where he encourages them. He talks to them about the fruit of the Spirit. He's talking about living a mature life and being under control by the Holy Spirit, and completely emptied of yourself, and totally full, if you will, baptized, immersed, what I like to call my Holy Spirit bubble. In other words, I want to talk about baptism in the Holy Ghost for just a minute, but we're going to read Acts 19, and then we're going to discuss this baptism in the Holy Ghost. So it says, Acts chapter 19, verse 1, While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul came to Ephesus. He found some disciples and said to them, Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? They said to him, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Now, if we go back to John chapter 1, verse 19 to 28, we find out that the baptism that these individuals received was from John the Baptist. And it continues on in verse 4. Paul said, John, they said, so, so they said, into. he said, he said in verse 3, he said to them, into what then were you baptized? And they said, into John's baptism. So we know that these were disciples of, of John the Baptist, Yochanan the Immerser. Verse 4, Paul says, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people they should believe in the one coming after him. This is in Jesus the Christ. When they heard this, they were baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. And it says this in verse 6, when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke in other tongues and they prophesied. There were about 12 men in all. Now we know, if we go back again to John chapter 1 verses 19 to 28, we know that John, Yochanon the Immerser, John the Baptist, he was actually uh, baptizing for repentance. So we understand that these disciples were disciples of John. They had not yet understood the Holy Spirit. They didn't see the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was not in their lives. Because scripture tells us that you, that when you get saved, it says you receive the Holy Spirit as the deposit of your inheritance and your salvation. So we understand that you receive the Holy Spirit upon salvation, but there's also what's called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And this says here, it says that when he laid hands on them, they spoke in other tongues and they prophesied. Now, I want to talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit for just a minute, because Paul understood walking in the Holy Spirit. I believe that a, a, a Christian, and this is a, a very controversial topic, but I believe that a Christian, once they get saved, they receive the Holy Spirit as the deposit just as Scripture tells us. However, however, depending on the individual who disciples you, depending on the revelation of the individual who shared Christ with you and their maturity in Christ, is going to depend on your spiritual understanding of how well and how how overwhelmingly you are immersed or you are under the control of the Holy Spirit. And this is what I call the immersion, the baptism of the Holy Spirit or your Holy Ghost bubble. And I'll use that term as we speak the Holy Ghost bubble. What I mean by that is is that your entire life, your body, your entire you are completely encompassed and completely under control of the Holy Spirit. And that's just what it means to be immersed. If you were to if you were to, baptism, that word in the Greek simply means to be immersed in something. So if you were to jump into a pool for say you would be immersed in water. It would just be surrounding you. It would just be anywhere you went, no matter what you did, water would be there. You'd be immersed in water. And 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 the Christian, the mature Christian lifestyle is being baptized in the Holy Spirit, being immersed and full and aware and living under the guidance and the teaching of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit alone. The Holy Spirit is the one who teaches. Jesus said, listen, when, when they were, dis- when the disciples were, were sad that Jesus was going to leave them, He said, listen, it is good that I go. Otherwise, if I don't go, the Comforter won't come. But when He does come, He will guide you into all truths. Get this now. In order to be guided into all truths, especially when we're talking about the Word of God, Primarily, first and foremost, the word of God. All truths concerning God, concerning your walk with God, concerning your walk with Christ, and then coming to the fullness of Christ in you, and being built into a, a, a royal priesthood. In other words, so that the kingdom can be built. That It says that we are being built into God's houses. It says that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, and it says that we're being built up. And so listen now, when you are fully controlled by the Holy Spirit, when you have a baptism of the Holy Spirit upon your life, the gifts of the Spirit will flow from your life. The, Paul walked in a revelation of the Holy Spirit where he was immersed in that. And because he was an apostle who had a revelation of Jesus and had such strong faith and understanding in his relationship with the Lord, he laid hands on people and he said, listen, you're going to receive the Holy Spirit. And when you do, you're going to speak with other tongues and you're going to prophesy. Here's what I don't agree with. I don't agree that an individual who is born again has to speak in tongues in order to verify their salvation. However, I do believe that every single believer who is born again, who has received the same Holy Spirit as the Apostle Paul in the early church, just like... I have the Holy Spirit in me today, same Holy Spirit. I believe you have the ability to speak in tongues, but it all depends upon you whether you yield to the Holy Ghost, whether you listen to the Holy Ghost, and whether or not we're in that Holy Spirit bubble. Again, it depends on your discipleship, the way that you are trained. Let me give you an example. Todd White is an individual. Uh, uh, some of you may know him from Lifestyle Christianity. Now listen, Todd is only one year older than I am in Christ. However, in his early walk with Christ, because he was discipled by a man named Dan Muller, because he was discipled by this individual, because he was discipled by this man, he was around healings and miracles and signs and wonders and speaking in tongues and words of knowledge. He he was born into, when he got born again, he was born into a, a community of believers who were mature in their faith, and so he saw what he could go after Even though he was illiterate and he really couldn't, he told us in his testimony, he says, I I couldn't even really read. I couldn't read the Bible. It was hard for me to read. But I had an example. Now for me, it's only been about three years now, roughly, since I've been walking in the Holy Spirit where I'm seeing signs and wonders and miracles and praying in tongues and those types. Actually, I've been praying in tongues for about uh, five years now. I'm nine years old in the Lord at this point. But I wasn't around anyone who encouraged me to go after the gifts of the Spirit. He says that, Paul says, I I want you to eagerly desire spiritual gifts, but even more so that you prophesy. So listen, don't feel discouraged if you don't pray in tongues or that you don't see signs and wonders and healings and miracles. Go after a greater revelation of faith, get alone with the Holy Ghost and get immersed in the Holy Ghost so that you can walk in these things. And this is what Paul understood. The reason why I'm explaining all of this is because it helps you to understand what Paul walked in, the authority and the revelation he walked in before he went into this demonic city. Moving along, Acts chapter 19, verse 7. It says, There were about twelve men in all. Verse 8, He went into the synagogue and spoke boldly for three months, lecturing and persuading concerning the kingdom of God. But when some were hardened and did not believe, but spoke evil of the way before the crowd. Now the way was considered a way, uh, before Christianity became known as Christianity, it was just considered the way or the faith, or it was considered a sect of Judaism, for example. says, But some spoke evil of the way before the crowd. He withdrew from them and took the disciples. Lecturing daily in the school of Tyrannus, this continued for two years, so that all who lived in Asia heard the word of the Lord, both Jews and Greeks. So listen now, again, we're talking about the Apostle Paul taking a, a believer. He's, he's, he's founding a church in Ephesus, and he, and he teaches them for two years. Remember, Jesus with, was with the disciples for three and a half years. So we see Paul is taking two years to mature, to teach, to, to train into, into fullness in Christ so that this church will stand before he writes them this letter later on telling about the full armor of God and your inheritance in the saints, which we're going to talk about when we get into the book of Ephesians. So listen to Acts 19, verse 11. God worked powerful miracles by the hands of Paul. Get this now, verse 12. So even handkerchiefs and aprons he had touched were brought to the sick, and the diseases left them, and the evil spirits went out of them. And then we start going into the seven sons of Sceva, which we will discuss in the, in the, in the following broadcast here. I want to talk to you really about signs, wonders, and miracles in maturity. And in order for me to do that and give you the, the reality, the realms that the Apostle Paul, before he goes into Ephesus and he starts causing so much damage to the kingdom of darkness, listen, I want you to be encouraged. I want you to understand that that first off, we need to be baptized. Okay, It says that they were baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. It says we need to be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So listen, first off, before you continue this journey, if you have not been baptized I would encourage you before the Lord, find a body of water, go somewhere, get some witnesses with you, and get baptized. Listen, if you really want to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, we need to first be in obedience with the elementary things of the gospel. That The elementary things of the gospel, I want to just read those to you really quickly here. And the elementary truths of the gospel, the elementary teachings of the gospel... Listen to what it says in Hebrews chapter 6. Therefore, leaving the elementary principles of the doctrines of Christ. So he's going to list for us what the elementary truths of the gospel are. So we need to have these foundational before we move forward into our new supernatural lifestyles. Amen. Therefore, leaving the elementary principles of the doctrines of Christ, let us go on to maturity. Listen to this. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works, And of faith towards God. So in other words, he's saying, listen, first off, we need to be in a repentant state. Listen, repentance is a lifestyle. We're called to holiness and righteous living. He says, let us go into maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance. We should already understand that we should be walking in right relationship with the Father. That we should be pursuing a lifestyle of holiness and righteousness. Listen, you may have things that you're trying to overcome in your life right now. But I'm, I'm, he, he goes to the next thing he says, and, and, and he says, and not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God. He connects the repentance of, of dead works. He, he, he talks about this repentance, and he connects it with faith. Faith, you must have faith in God and in who he is. You must understand the ability and the grace that you have access to, to live free from sin. Listen, Jesus said, anyone who sins is a slave to sin. But who the Son sets free is free indeed. Listen now. He says, I'm coming because you're slaves to sin. However, I'm going to set you free from being a slave to sin. And later in the book of Romans, when Paul writes, he says, you were once slaves to sin, but now reckon yourselves slaves unto righteousness. So these are foundational doctrines of the Christian faith. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God, of instruction about washing, the laying on of hands, so this washing about baptism, get this now, about that baptism that you take, laying on of hands the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment, and this we will do should God permit. So get this now, he's talking to them and he's saying, listen, first, before you walk into this supernatural lifestyle and you can really engage and understand walking in the Holy Ghost, he's saying, listen, you have to understand the elementary truths of the gospel before you go into the maturity of walking in signs and wonders and miracles and preaching the gospel and going into these demonic areas. You better make sure that you're yielding to the Holy Spirit and you're living in Christ. And you put on the Lord Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul understood this. So we want to make sure we're in repentance and that we've truly repented and we're not living in sin. We're not living a lifestyle where we're, we're sinning and trying to get away with it. Amen. And we need to be living in faith for without faith it's impossible to please God. And listen, grace is God's supernatural ability to live just like Jesus. And it says we're saved by grace Through faith, so that means grace comes as we have faith, and he says instructions in faith. So we need to be in faith, we need to be living in a lifestyle of repentance, in holiness and in righteousness before the Lord. Understanding that, listen, understanding the judgment seat of Christ, he says, listen, we need to understand that we are going to give an account, as it tells us in Corinthians, again, back to the Corinthians, we're going to give an account for, we're all going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ, it says, and we are going to give an account for everything we've done in the body, whether good or bad. We're all going to stand before Christ, even Christians. Christians are specifically going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. The white throne judgment is for unbelievers, but the judgment seat of Christ is for believers, and we will be judged with what we've done. Jesus told us many parables about this. He talked about the the, the talents uh, you know some gave, he gave this some he gave that some he gave that and then he and the master came back and said okay now give me my money back give me the talents back and and some invested and they did what was the best thing and they increased the master's money but some of them squandered their inheritance they squandered the money that they had and they didn't produce any fruit and scripture tells us that we are supposed to re- produce fruit in accordance with repentance jesus said in john chapter 15 i am the vine you are the branches. He who remains in me and I in him will bear much fruit, for without me you, will do, you can do nothing. So fruit is extremely important to the Lord. And then finally he talks about baptism, and he discusses the laying on of hands. And that's when we start talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now that you've come to a place where you're mature. Paul's no longer a babe in Christ. He understands the gifts of the Holy Spirit. He's talking about Corinthians chapter 12, 13, and 14. And he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, verse 1, I don't want you to be ignorant. So we may want to, before we even continue any further in the Ephesians study, Before the next broadcast, I would encourage you to read 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. We're not going to go into that in this study, because I I really want to get into the book of Ephesians, but we do have a series called Understanding the Holy Spirit, where we did discuss the fruit of the Spirit, and we did discuss the gifts of the Spirit. I would encourage you to get a hold of that. Now concerning what what Paul had to say, and, and what Scripture has to say here in Acts 19, That Paul, in Acts 19, verse 8, it said that he he spoke and persuaded them concerning the kingdom of God. Jesus said, listen, the kingdom is not here and it's not there, but the kingdom is within you. So he's explaining how you as an individual, your supernatural lifestyle, how you can come into a supernatural revelation of what Jesus paid for you to walk in, so that you can walk just like him. Jesus said, the kingdom of God is within you. He said, literally, it is, with, it is at hand. So, in other words, if the kingdom of God is within you, and the Holy Spirit is in you, and you are immersed, you're under complete control of the Holy Spirit, you're in a baptism of the Holy Spirit 24-7, then wherever you go, the kingdom of heaven is there. The kingdom of God is there. And literally, when you lay out your hand like this, and you say to somebody, listen, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Why? Because it's in you. It's within their reach. The kingdom of heaven is at hand, you can actually touch somebody and the kingdom of God will manifest. That's what signs and wonders and healings and miracles are. All it is is the kingdom of God within you trying to get out of you because Jesus already died for the sins of the world. Now people have to repent and confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and be born again. However, Jesus already died for that individual so when you lay your hands on them, knowing that Jesus died for them to come into the kingdom already, all you're doing is releasing a taste of the salvation that Jesus already paid for for them. So people can be healed. It is God's will to heal people because that's what the Greek word salvation, sozo, means. It means to be healed. It means to be saved. It means to be delivered. And, and we'll go into sozo a little bit later in our study. So the Apostle Paul here, again, He's mature in his faith. He's already been in Corinth. He's already instructed the Corinthians about their gifts in the Holy Ghost. He's already talked about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And now this man is fired up. He's experienced signs and wonders and miracles. He goes into Ephesus and get this now. In Acts chapter 19 verse 11, he tells, it says to us that even handkerchiefs and things that he touched, listen, things that he touched were brought to people And individuals were healed because he touched them. I want to be so full of of the presence of God and the love of the Father that whenever I touch anything, the love of God is released on that article. If I touch someone, I want them to physically experience the tangible feeling of the love of God flowing from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. When I pray for people, listen, I know it's God's will for them to experience the love of the Father. And so when I pray for them, I say, Father, I thank you that you love them. I thank you that Jesus died for them. Father, I thank you that you want a relationship with them. And because of such, right now, Father, you just want to touch them and let them feel your presence from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. And Holy Spirit, I just thank you for touching them right now in Jesus' name. Touch them, Lord. And you see right in that, Father, almost every single time, will give something through somebody's body. They'll feel something. They'll hear something. They'll have an experience with God. And it opens up a door for you to preach the gospel. Because now they've tasted and they've seen that the Lord is good. Don't be afraid of that. Don't be afraid of that. Understanding God's will is so important. Paul understood God's will so much that when he went there, he had no fear of what was happening in Ephesus. So listen, we're going to go into the seven sons of Sceva in our next broadcast. We're going to talk about these demonic things that were taking place. And now that you understand Paul's mindset and where Paul was coming from in this, you'll have a greater revelation of how he could be so bold and how you too are called and can be In the fullness of the Holy Spirit, being baptized by the Holy Spirit, immersed in the Holy Spirit, not just having the Holy Spirit, but being immersed by the Holy Spirit and under control of the Holy Spirit, how you can walk into your neighborhoods, your jobs, how you can walk into anywhere and be aware that God is ready to just love people no matter where you're at because the kingdom is in you and it wants to get out. So I just thank you. And Father, we just bless you and we honor you and we love you. And I thank you for revealing your true heart, your mercy, your love, and your revelation of how much you love your people. And God, we thank you for your mercy and we honor you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.
0: Thank you for joining us for this broadcast of Strength for the Hour. Our hope is that you have received rest, revelation, edification, sanctification, and truth To learn more about this ministry and to be further strengthened in your faith, you can visit us at our website, www.fruitofthevine.wix.com forward slash Fruit of the Vine. There you'll find a link to our Facebook and YouTube. If you'd like to send us a letter, please write to Fruit of the Vine Ministries, P.O. Box 222, Louisville, Ohio, 44641. And for a final word of encouragement, here again is John Davison. Thanks, Alex. You know, God anointed the New
1: Testament writers, and the Holy Spirit spoke through them and says this in the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, and verse 12. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. And Jesus says this in the book of Revelation, chapter 3 and verse 8. He says, listen, I know your deeds. See, I place before you an open door that no one can shut. I know that you have little strength, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Well, praise God, brothers and sisters, that the word of God was able to penetrate into our hearts today and that the Lord gave us strength through his message as he spoke the word through his word by his Holy Spirit to you where you're at in your home. And in your atmosphere So I just thank you so much for taking your time And listening to the word of God With us today We hope that you've been blessed, encouraged And strengthened by the word of God So thank you so much God bless you And keep you in his perfect peace In Jesus' mighty name Shalom Shalom